Hello, everyone. Bob Matthews here with another edition of Takedown Talk. And today, one of my all-time favorite high school and college wrestlers. I'm a little biased because I followed and covered his career in the Lehigh Valley, and he comes from an amazing family. Darian Cruz, national champ for the Lehigh University Mountain Hawks. And Darian, so busy giving me some time today. So thank you so much for being here. And for you, I want to start with um, how your love of wrestling developed. I know that um, your dad is a big, big part and has always been a big influence in your life and the lives of your brothers. And was he your primary influence when you were a young guy and got you interested in the sport? Uh, yeah, absolutely. First, I want to thank you for um, having me. Um, Bobby, you've been an incredible guy here, um, part of Lehigh, part of the culture here in Lehigh Valley. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you first for, uh, for having me. And this means so much to me. Um, yeah, no, my family was a big part. Um, the support was unbelievable, and like you said, being from the Lehigh Valley, the support all around was always so incredible. Um, but specifically, yeah, my dad uh, wrestled here in Lehigh Valley, wrestled for Caddy, and um, so yeah, he, and that's a that's a culture in itself. You know, a lot of history there. So he knew um, a little bit about the sport, and um, just kind of kept passing it on. So one thing that was really important that he kind of pushed on us was the idea that he was going to make sure that we had better opportunities than him. Um, and that, you know, now having a kid myself, I understand that, that even more, um, that he just wants a better life for us. So when it came, it was it was bigger than wrestling, essentially, right? So it was uh, just giving, giving us a better opportunity. But wrestling-wise, he, um, you know, he, he we worked at a young age just to make sure that we could um, – be the best at what we can control, you know what I mean? So at a young age, we would just do extra work. And that was a big thing, like learning how to work hard at a young age. And, you know, sometimes, some days I'm sure we know we didn't want to, but it, he always just kind of put a purpose behind it, you know. And one of the biggest things that I learned at a young age was, um, you know, you shouldn't lose to anybody because you're not in shape, right, because that's something you can control. Um, you shouldn't lose to anybody because your technique is, you know, is worse essentially right so we had we were trained with you know my dad obviously but we were trained with Bobby Weaver at a young age Olympic champ um you know Lehigh Valley all-star as well um so our technique was on par as well and then we would just do push-ups and sit-ups essentially like what we could do at a young age so he was like you know what all the things you control I'm going to make sure you know you're doing them efficiently and if somebody beats you then they're just better than you on that day and um, with that mentality um, it never really put too much pressure on us, you know, so having that role model and that influence at such a young age and having those kind of those pillars of stability were incredible. And, you know, we might not have realized it at the time, but, um, yeah, it was just something that um, we just did day in, day out. And he was real good, real good at, like, simplifying things, right? So, I mean, he had a lot of phrases for a lot of things. So the, the simpler, the better. So we just kind of put our heads down and, and got busy and, um yeah, the rest is history. Did it help you that you had two um, brothers who were there for you through everything and training and working out and, and to share ideas and thoughts? And sometimes you're like, oh, my God, I'm worn out, you know, when you talk to your brothers. Did that really help you? Yeah. No, I can't even imagine. I had four sisters, yeah, you know. Yeah. So for me, my cousin, John, two years older than me, was a brother and sure. got me into some trouble. Sure, yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, but I looked up to him, you know, yeah. but he was a big influence. I'm sure your brothers were really also an influence on you as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, family in general is, is influential, whether you have, you know, sisters or brothers. Um, me, me specifically, I had, uh, I had three, well, I had two brothers and a cousin. So, but basically we were all, we were all brothers and um, 
because I was the youngest at the time, um, I was even more fortunate because I got to see a lot of things first, right? So I was the younger brother who got to see what it was like to wrestle, you know, so I got in a year earlier than when my brother started because we all kind of started at the same time. They were five, I was four, and I just wanted to do whatever my older brothers were doing. Yeah, so I, like, and that goes for, you know, literally up until this point. So, you know, when it came to high school wrestling, I, you know, I got to get my hands on some high school wrestlers as an eighth grader. You know, and, and I mean, it started off from elementary to middle school, of course, and then biggest jump was middle school to high school because I got that feel a little bit early. And, um, you know, I mean, so then I could just kind of, you know, stay ahead of the curve. And then even more so in college, I remember being in high school and I would, you know, bother my brother up here at Lehigh and just get on the mats and meet the guys on the team. And, you know what I mean? And, and just kind of. You know, what I mean, I was just like that younger brother, just kind of tugging on on, on your shorts, just saying, "Hey, can, like, can I can I play? Can I play?" Type of thing. So, but yeah, no, I give it all to them because you know, without them, I never really would get that insight or or get that. It's like kind of getting that sneak preview or that um, little advantage. You know, what I mean, you get to get to get involved a year earlier. So then, when you do hit the ground, you're kind of you're an experienced, you know, first timer essentially. So, and then, like I said, biggest jump was from high school to college when I was just kind of bothering my brother, bothering these Lehigh guys. So then when I hit the ground running, or when I came here, I just kind of hit the ground running. So, you yeah, know, whether it's, and that's not just wrestling. That was just, that's, you know, all across the board. So like I said, with you having scissors, I'm sure it was the same way. You got to see them go to, you know, go to high school first, go to college first, experience things. And, you know, there's some things you're like, man, I want to do that. And I'm sure there were some things where you're like, man, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> influ- yeah, influence goes both ways. So, I mean, I was one to learn the hard way for sure. But I did take a lot of, uh, I did get a lot of lead way with, um, I did get a big learning curve in that manner for sure. Right. Now, jumping back to when you were starting out in midgets, I remember you in the Valley Elementary Wrestling League. You were mm-hmm. this little guy. I used to love going to the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I know, you, you, so the, I, I just loved the little wrestlers, you know, the guys and little guys and girls. And I, that's my one of my favorite things to do every year Heck when yeah. BRC TV 13, myself and Kevin Hardy get to announce oh, the Buell awesome. finals. It, I get goosebumps. Oh, They're yeah. just, and then they lose, and I feel so bad when the little guys and girls cry. Oh, and they, I, Yeah, the world crumbles. <laughs> yeah. But but you wrestled in the finals mm-hmm. against, I think it was Ethan Lisak, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you guys have had that robbery from all the way back oh, in, yeah. in elementary school. That's, That's crazy funny. stuff, right? I mean, oh, yeah. are you, you know, Ethan's pretty close, mm-hmm. or did you guys just develop a familiarity over the years and you're friendly, or, yeah. or how, do you, how are you guys now? I mean, and I know I won't want to give it away, but tell people how yeah, that yeah, match yeah. turned out. And yeah, absolutely. So um, we, and you know this, and people probably listen to this, Leah Valley is, you know, deeply rooted with wrestling and culture and so I remember yeah the Vuel we wrestled a bunch of times and um I think he he put me on my back early when we were in in that Vuel match and we wrestled a bunch of times I think like three or four years in a row but the one match he put me on my back and I, I think I ended up coming back and teching him and you know scoring a lot of points but I remember we used to both go to the same club you know Bobby Weaver ran the club um that my dad um kind of managed so we had the, we had those guys in the room all the time um, you know, those guys, I mean, like Ethan and other guys in Lehigh Valley. And then I remember going over to Parkland and working out with Ethan and, you know, doing like little, um, you know, group practices with Caddy at the, or maybe it was Whitehall, it was with Whitehall. So it was Whitehall and Caddy and, um, and Parkland. We would just kind of get together. And, but that's how the Lehigh Valley is. And, um, 
I feel like it has shifted to kind of everyone's being so um, inc- uh, sorry. Um, they're just excluding everybody, right? They're trying. Right. They're being very selfish in that manner. And I wish it would get back to being inclusive because like, the more you guys get together, the better the Lehigh Valley is. I mean, that's another topic, but yeah, no, we wrestled all the way through little kids, and even I want to say in districts in middle school, and then we never really saw each other afterwards because he was AAA and I was AA the whole time. And then we ran into each other again in college um, in 2017 um, in the national finals. And um, I just remember I was excited for that match. You know, I got to talk to him a little bit at the tournament, and he was just as excited. And it's funny seeing a familiar face. And, um, yeah, one of my biggest things was I was just I, – I didn't want to be the one who didn't get to bring the trophy back to the Lehigh Valley. But it was exciting knowing that the trophy was coming back um, to the area regardless. Um, but, yeah, no, our history, we're, we're very friendly. Um not on like a super personal basis, but yeah, we've known each other since we were kids, and you know what I mean. We always, every time we run into each other, we say what's up and we have a good time. So, um, and that's just you know credit to the Lehigh Valley in general. We'll jump back to your high school career, but we'll finish the thought with 2017. And I know you wrestled um, Gilman, Tom Gilman, and he was just a stud. And I know you always wanted to wrestle him, and it yeah, kind of yeah. didn't work out for one reason or another. But then you got to meet him in the national semifinals. Yeah. One of the greatest matches, and I saw a ton of your matches, oh, one of the yeah. greatest matches I've ever seen you wrestle, especially in overtime. Oh, yeah. And I know you and your brother practiced that move at home oh, that yeah. you used to win. And then you went on to wrestle Ethan, mm-hmm. you know, Lezak in the mm-hmm. final. Was it easier for you after you got by Gilman and then you got into the final against somebody that you knew. Did that take some of the pressure off, or was there still pressure because you're wrestling in front of, you know, thousands and thousands of people watching you in the arena and also on ESPN? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that was my third shot at that tournament, and um, so in regards to you know the pressure, there was there's always a lot of pressure there. But we were so I was so prepared to win the national championships. Um, all season, all season. Um, you were banged up though. All yeah. Season, oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. I had a couple injuries. Um, and actually, I lost to Ethan Lezak early in the year. He he beat me eight zero right. at the Southern Scuffle. Yeah. So I mean, talk about familiar faces. Um, he kind of beat me up um, midway through the year. He was only uh, he's one of my only two losses that season. Um, but I got hot towards the end of the se- uh, end of the you know dual meet yeah. season. Peaking right. at the right time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Santoro is is a beast at that. So. Um, but yeah, back to the question. Um, yeah, pressure was there, but I remember um, going to that, into that tournament. Um, we didn't get the seed that we wanted. Essentially, I had beaten the two seed. You know, in the last dual meet, uh, last dual meet of the season, I beat the two seed, and we knew that the kid from Penn State, Soriano, at the time, wasn't wrestling because he had a blown out ankle, and they ended up giving me the four seed. So that means I've given in the semis, and we were kind of trying to argue with it, and you know, trying to get. The bracket receded, but at the end of the day, me and Santoro had a conversation, and we knew we had to beat whoever was across the line anyway, so, you know, we kind of just sucked it up, and like I said, I was ready to win that tournament regardless who was on the line, so there's a lot of pressure that semifinal match, um, and no, I mean, like I said, I was ready to win the whole thing regardless, and after that match, yeah, I was semi-relieved, right? Um, but the momentum just kept building. Right. So the quarterfinals match was the match that I won, and I was excited for that one because it meant I was an All-American. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? Let's just win. Let's go win the tournament. So then after the semifinals match, I was even more excited because I was in the finals. You know, that means you know you're gonna get gold or silver. And then after that match, you know, I was the nerves were kind of out the window, and I was just excited to go 
put on display what I'm what I've been training for all year and and with a familiar face and not saying that it made it any easier but um because essentially I lost to him in the season right so if anything it would have been harder but um no like I said I was just mentally ready physically ready to go and um so yeah for that finals match it was just all fun it was all fun and I was excited and um yeah a lot of good thoughts how cool was it because we're up in the stands watching right and you're running out yeah. and you know you have the lights going around yeah, and the, and the, the smoke goes off and they introduce you on your national TV yeah. how much fun was that oh, it was exciting um and but honestly um so the quick quick story the year before the NCAAs were in Madison Square Garden and that um, was a great unbelievable great event but to be honest it was it was for me it was like one of the worst nightmares ever i was so caught up in all the pressure and all the lights and you know the venue and the event and I didn't have the tournament I wanted. I I lost in the blood round to a kid that I majored in season, and I remember that feeling, and uh, me having to wait a whole another year to get back to the NCAA tournament. And I think that was one of the only reasons that uh, one of the big reasons why I ended up being a national champ was because I just never wanted to feel that again. So coming into this tournament, I was ready to go. So I was so focused, to be honest, that um, none of that stuff really bothered me. And, and I kind of feel bad that I really get to soak it in. Um, but I knew what I wanted, and it was that national title. So, And I remember, it was, for me, everything was so quiet. In my head, it was so quiet. And then um, same thing with the semis. It was so quiet because I was so dialed in. And then after the match, you know, after I get that last takedown against Gilman, I remember the place just erupts. The place blows up. We were crazy. Because there was, um, there's nobody, essentially nobody wrestling in the arena except for my match because we had we had a stoppage in time because they were reviewing a call and the other match, all the other matches kind of finished up. So I got to see the end of regulation and we get the takedown and take it in uh, to go up by a point and then he got away with like a second to spare and then I took him down again in overtime and I remember at that moment um, kind of the quiet just went away and everything kind of just hit me and and... I remember yelling as loud as I could because I was so excited and I couldn't even hear myself yell. That's how loud I'm getting goosebumps. That's how loud it was. My headgear was rocking and just, there was just a roar. And the similar feeling um, after the NCAA finals was, like I said, it was super quiet and calm. And then as soon as it was over, um, I kind of just looked up and put my hands in my face. And uh, then the motions just start to hit you and the noises start to hit you. And like I said, it got, got so loud in there that I'm yelling at the top of my lungs and I can barely even hear myself hear myself yell. So, I mean, yeah, that was one of the best feelings ever. I mean, I probably have seen personally 60 or 70 of your matches, right? Mm. That was the great, that was oh, yeah. one of the greatest matches I've ever I've seen had. you wrestle. Yeah, it was the most fun I've had for sure. Um, and just to give, you know, give the glory to God and be able to represent Lehigh University, a small school in a Division One um, wrestling. And just, you know, just be, we were talking about it earlier um, off the mic before we got in here, just being a role model for all these guys. So being on national television and, and ESPN and, and being able to have that recognition um, is awesome. And I understand the responsibilities of that. And and I'm honored to, you know, kind of be that be that guy for those kids that, you know, think they can make it at a at a small Division One program or, or small school in general. Um, you know, we, we may not have the resources, but we're definitely um, able to compete with the best. And you can you can do anything you want anywhere, anywhere you want. So, um, yeah, no, it was it was unbelievable. One of the funniest things though about being on national television and ESPN was when I did a lot of camps and clinics, whether it was back here at Lehigh or all around the country. A lot of the kids were like, 
man, you're not as big as I thought I thought you were. <laughs> and, I, and I have to explain to them, I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I am only like 5'3", and I am the lightest weight class, and I'm the lightest kid in the weight class, so this is as big as, this is as, big as it gets, so. <laughs> yeah, but you're always slapped together, though. You're always, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. see that picture of you, you know, when you, oh, yeah. after in your flex, oh, yeah. and I'm like, hey, my boy's got some guns. Yeah, no, we were, we, uh, like I said, I was, the, I was the lightest guy, but I definitely was not the weakest guy, so I, that's just credit to you know, the system we got here at Lehigh, just strength and conditioning and, and the coaches here just getting me ready to, you know, beat anybody, which which was the plan. You know, when you talk about resources, but this is the first time and, you know, I've been mm-hmm. with Lehigh announcing now for eight years, right? I've never been in the Caruso complex. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is amazing. And mm-hmm. Darian gave me a, you know, firsthand tour of the complex. It is incredible. And what a great job with the layout and the history and all the pictures and Mr. Sheridan up there and just fantastic Greg Strobel's picture. And, you know, just some of the mm-hmm. legends of Lehigh yeah. wrestling. And then you see the uh, wrestlers from back in the day, Mike, oh, who was yeah. a three-time NCAA oh, yeah. champ, and Mike Frick, who was a legend, and mm-hmm. the Liebermans and the Brown. I mean, I could go on for the rest mm-hmm. of this podcast, but it's amazing. So if you ever get a chance to check out the Caruso Complex, you got to do it. Yeah, I mean, talking on that as well, It's um, I remember being here. So my f- uh, my freshman year was the first year that this, these doors were opened, right? So like I said, I got to come up here and, and uh, wrestle with my brother and the Lehigh guys at the time. And we were still in Taylor Gym, which is, you know, the building right next door. So I got to I got to kind of experience the old history. But as soon as I was I stepped on a campus as a freshman, these doors opened up, and I remember just being consumed by the history in here. And every day you walk through the doors and you see the wall of all Americans and the wall of NCAA champions. So you get to see, you know, the legacy, and you get to see where you could be someday. You know, if you really, really, you know, put the work in, and that was inspiring every day. And like you said, seeing the Liebermans and Crusoes and the Sheridans, and you know, my my you know childhood coach Bobby Weaver up on these walls, and you know, I, that was one driving force to be honest. That I, every time, every day, I come in and I see them. I see them on the wall, and I see that you know, no one can ever take that from them, and um, they're going to be here forever. And just the idea that I you know have the opportunity to do that myself. Um, was something incredible, and I think that's a really, you know, really big selling point for, for you know, the Caruso complex here um, that we have at Lehigh. So not only was I fortunate enough to have you know great coaches and and you know, you know great leaders, but we have an unbelievable facility, like you just said, and um, yeah. So we're just super fortunate here to to be where we're at. Yeah, and Mike, he, he's just a tremendous supporter and at all the Lehigh matches and just a wonderful, wonderful man. And I liked your picture, your NCAA champion picture mm-hmm. with your your hair all, hair, all disheveled, yeah. you know. Yeah, they, they, called, they called me in early in the, mor- in the morning. I think it was like 8 in the morning. And I was like begging for them to push it off. But, um, I mean, like I said, it's, it's funny. It's not, it might not be the picture that I wanted, but um, – it is no matter what. It's, You're there uh, yeah, it's man. it's a it's a funny. Now I have a funny story to talk about every time uh, I see that picture and I can explain. You know, that was eight in the morning, and you know, they we had. I was coming. I was coming from a workout, and we had a class. You know, what I mean, because life still goes on. But it's right. it's funny that I guarantee a lot of these guys um, they come back and see their pictures. They got a little funny story. Um, yeah, so that's that's funny. When now you bring your little girl when she gets older, you know she'd be like four or five. Daddy, look at your look at your funny hair, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly. So it's, it, and that's and that's that's what it's all about, right? Just leaving a legacy yeah. and being able to, you know, one day show your children or you know your family what you what you were able to accomplish. And again, to be part of this family, this community, this legacy is uh, 
is unbelievable. Like you said earlier, there's you know you can go on and on about everybody up, everyone on the on these that just reigns on these walls. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's just it's unbelievable. You know, and going back, you know, you win your NCAA championship, and nobody can ever take that away from you. And then you come in the following year. Mm-hmm. And you finished fifth. I know you weren't happy about that. Did you feel extra pressure that year coming back as the returning champ? Yeah, yeah. Me and Santoro talked about it a lot. He was a two-time NCAA champ for Pitt, and we talked about um, you know not really defending anything, but going out and you know winning another title essentially, and just winning a, just winning a title in general. And um, we ran with that all year. I was banged up pretty much all season with you know minor bumps and bruises, but. Um, yeah, I would say the the lights and the cameras got to me. I remember coming into the NCAA tournament as the one seed. Um, there was a camera in your face the entire time, which I remember when I won NCAA titles. I was only the four seed, and there was you know plenty of big names in my bracket, so I'm sure they weren't really worried about me. Um, but like I said, I got to the NCAA tournament my senior year as the one seed, undefeated. And like I said, there was as soon as I walked in the building, even walking to the building, there's cameras in my face the whole time, and you know not not an excuse at all. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, this goes to show that it's really hard to do, and and honestly, goes to show that um, how how fortunate I am and blessed to be able to win a national title. Because, like you said, it's something that's really hard to do, and not a lot of people have done it, and nobody can at the end of the day, no one can take it away from you. So, um, my recommendation, you know, to other guys doing it is just, uh, yeah, Santoro gave me some insight as well. Just, you know, you you're never really defending anything because you know no one can take away what you already did. Right. So just you know, continue to improve and get better, and focus on the next next task at hand. And um, yeah, no, I'm 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 grateful, and I'm I'm proud of my accomplishments, and you know, proud of my uh, the way I finished. Yeah, three time All American, freshman, junior, and senior. And in that senior year, though, you met Suriano in the mm-hmm. semifinals, and that was just a a really tough bout. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. he was mauling you. I mean, oh, it yeah. just was like wrestling a mountain lion. Oh, yeah. Um, no, he's he's a tough kid. I think it was a 2-1, uh, 2-0 maybe. Really no, I don't mean mauling you yeah, in yeah. terms of score. For I just sure. mean physically. Oh, he was, yeah. yeah, he was like tearing at your singlet yeah. and your headgear and yeah, everything else. Yeah, no, it was it was a dogfight. And, um, I mean, it goes to show that kid's tough. I mean, what, two-time, maybe three-time national champion. Um, he's, no, he's, he's, he's one of the best to ever do it as well. And... Um, it just goes to show that um, the caliber of wrestling that you're you're dealing with. So, um, yeah, I mean, that match was very, very interesting. Like you said, it was a dogfight. It's a lot of scratching, poking, finger pulling, you know what I mean, um, singlet pulling, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's what you sign up for. So um, and it was good. It was really good, and, and I'm, I'm fortunate for the opportunities. All right, now let's move back to your high school career, right? You were at Caddy, and then you went to Becca. Mm-hmm. And then I know your first year, you were, I think, 25 or 24 and 2. Mm-hmm. And then the postseason, did you get hurt and yeah. not make the postseason, right? Yeah, so my freshman year, um, we, we wrestled all year, Beast, Ironman, all that kind of stuff, and wrestled a bunch of guys. Um, at that time, it was I was wrestling guys like, uh, like you know, McKenna, North, Chenzo, um, Zane, I wrestled Zane a whole bunch. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Zahid was in my bracket actually one year as well. Not my freshman year, but I'll get back to that. But yeah, my freshman year we got to the um no, actually maybe, you know, no, it was the last duel of the season and I was wrestling my brother in practice. Maybe like it was like a make weight practice. We wrestled Northampton the next day. And um yeah, I I, I blew, just blew my ankle out as a freshman um, wrestling my brother and I spiral fractured my tibia. Uh, well, a spiral fracture from my tibia to my um 
Fibia right across, and I was done for the season. And that year, I had, I had beat Zane Rutherford, who ended up winning a state title. So, I mean, talk about timing. Um, you know, I, I had no idea what my, you know, what the history would hold, but um, I just kind of waited my waited my moment. I cheered my teammates on. I showed up to the match the next day on crutches, and uh, yeah, I, I was there to support everybody. It was hard going to Hershey and watching, um, you know, guys that you've beat win, you know, a state title. And you know, do what you've been dreaming about doing. But like I said, it's if life life has life does this funny thing. It just it works out. Yeah. It does work out if you just kind of commit to it, commit to the process, and just kind of you know let let things be as they are. So um, yeah, freshman year I, I broke my ankle and couldn't compete. And then the team actually didn't um, even make it out of team districts. Um, so then, but then after that year, we you know I think I think that injury kind of put it in perspective for a lot of us that you know this. This these moments um, are not a given, right? So it's like you know I think the whole team grew from there, and then the rest is history from there. I ended up um, getting third my next year, lost to North in the semis, and then winning states um, uh, two years the uh, two years after that. And as a team, I think we that's when you know Bethlehem Catholic made their run for their state title. Um, I think from that year on, we ended up winning you know team titles for you know the next five or six years I believe if not maybe 10 so um yeah it's just so funny to see how things panned out and like I said it was kind of a domino effect at the time and we didn't even make it out of districts and then but the whole team was so resilient you know coaches were resilient I was resilient and uh yeah we just kept growing and that's just you know it just goes to show how the culture of one Lehigh Valley but two you know family could really impact you. Your junior and senior years, you were first in the district, first in the region, and first in the state. Mm-hmm. Now, your senior year, I think you only lost one time. Mm-hmm. Who was that to? Um, my senior year, oh, I lost in Beast of the East. I lost to Matt Kalazic. He was a Blair kid at the time. Yeah, yep, that was one kid that had a lot. Yeah, yeah, he was at Princeton. Really good kid. We're pretty good friends now. Um, yeah, that was one kid that I would. I lost to twice in my high school career. Um but yeah, that was and yeah, that was the only match I essentially lost. And um, yeah, I mean, we would go to those top tournaments like Iron Man, Beast, stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean, the history is kind of speaks for itself. We were we were battle tested, you know, to be the best in the state. We were trying to we were trying to be the best in the country as a team. So um, that was one thing that kind of made it you know essentially easier to compete at a high level at the state state championships because we were trying to be the best in the country. So, you know, with that in mind, um, you know, you weren't really worried about the the best in the state because, you know, if you if you try to be the best in the, in the world, you know, the rest the rest will follow. So, um, yeah, that was just the mentality of, of myself and I, I know all the, pretty much my whole team um, at Becca. Here's the thing, right? I look back at your history. You won over 150 matches, 153 matches or whatever. You had eight losses. Mm-hmm. And those losses came to Kaladzic mm-hmm. and Nolf mm-hmm. and those guys, you know. And then you look at what they did oh, yeah. down the road in the NCAAs. All you guys yeah. were, like, on that next level, yeah. even yeah. in high school. 100%. Yeah, I mean, and it just goes to show how tight the wrestling community is, right? Everyone at the high level, they start somewhere. And um, it's the guys that seek those matches that are going to kind of, you know, keep pushing the bar and kind of keep reigning um, supreme. So essentially... Yeah, I, I was seeking to wrestle, you know, the Zanes, the Nolfs, the Chenzos, all those guys, and, um, you know, Joey McKenna and Thomas Sello, and you know, all those all those guys I just named are multiple-time national champs. They're all Americans, and 
Um, yeah, those were my only losses, but, you know, those were the ones that kind of kept us so hungry. You know what I mean? Kept us going because, you know, we we knew we were losing the great guys, but at the same time, we were just trying to beat the best guys there was. Um, so, like I said, we, we set the ball really high for ourselves, and we just went, and we went we went to go get it, you know what I mean? So we didn't really make any excuses or this, that, and the other. Like I said, injuries or whatever it may be, we kind of just, you know, buckled down and, you know, controlled what we could. Like I said from the beginning of the of the interview, um, my dad was just, just kind of instilled that in me young. So when it came to that, we just did what we could and, you know, keep getting better. And like I said, uh, we were fortunate enough to come out on the winning side of most of those matches. And the ones that we lost, we, we like I said, we seeked those those matches to just to grow, right? Because right. without you know without failure, there's you know essentially no growth. So, um, yeah, and and that's and that's a it's a funny list of of names because like they're all incredible guys, incredible wrestlers, and and to this day we're all we see each other all the time. You know, um, at, at, when I used to train at the Olympic Training Center you know, with Team USA, being with Puerto Rico now, I don't see them as much, but we I do travel a lot to the where they're respectively training and. You know, we get together, and like I said, the, the, the tight-knit circle that we've built through competition, right, through, you know, camaraderie, respect, through respect, respect yeah. yeah, right, and and and, and through, the, through, the, through the game, um, just, just, you know, and that's, and that's the type of stuff that, um, that, like, wrestling can really teach you, and, and that's one thing that, you know, wrestlers are always known for is just kind of being a really, really tight-knit community. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about the bond, you referred a couple of minutes ago to wrestling for Team USA, and then now you're wrestling for Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Tell me how that all came about. Yeah, so um, they were contacting me back when I was in high school, um, a whole bunch, um, but I wanted to try my hand with uh, the USA wrestling. I wasn't a big freestyle wrestler, international wrestler, so um, I just stuck to what I knew, and I stuck. I just kind of wanted to do what I was doing at the time. So I was with US for a while, and um, I was second, or, second and third string for a couple of years in a row. And for those of you that aren't really familiar with the you know international circuit, like you know freestyle wrestling, Greco wrestling, uh, I, was, I was competing freestyle after college, still am. And um, that's like you know Olympic style wrestling. Like my coach Bobby Weaver, when we were growing up, Olympic champ for Lehigh, um, kind of instilled those things at a young age. But I didn't really compete a lot of freestyle. So um, after being third string or second string to you know Thomas Gilman at the time. Um, he was, uh, it, it was hard to see him have that success, right? Because I knew I, I could beat him, and I, and I have beaten him, and haven't seen him get silver at the World Championships, you know, gold. Um, seen him, you know, get a bronze medal, almost beating the Russian in the Olympic Games this past year, or uh, in 2020, or 2021. Um, and I, I, I was at the training camp at Penn State. Um, they asked me to come out and train with him for that as well. So, you know, knowing the caliber that I have and knowing the caliber of wrestler that I am, um, and with, with wrestling, you only take the top guy, yep. right? So there's only one guy competes. So it was hard to just kind of sit the bench and watch these, watch, you know, the starters compete. And I knew I was capable of, you know, being at that, at that level. So, um, you know, all my grandparents, all four of my grandparents were born in Puerto Rico and, um, we kind of took, we kind of reached back out to them, you know, after, tw after the Olympics or, to, or the year, you know, COVID year essentially because right. we had a big big break and you know if we if that was the time to make the move or if we were going to make you know the decision to make the move to Puerto Rico to compete um then that's what we would do so um yeah so like I said I, the coaches USA coaches knew I was wrestling for Puerto Rico but they still wanted us to come in and train with Gilman just it just goes to show how 
you know, not not bragging or anything, but just goes to show how I'm valued and, you know, where I'm at in the scheme of things. If they're still considering having me train, even though they know I'm essentially going to be, you know, an enemy to the, right. you know, to, to Team USA. Um, but, you know, being in such a tight-knit circle, going back to the last conversation, um, everybody knows everybody, so everyone's trying to elevate their game. So game does recognize game. So after that, um, I took it upon my family, and we, we got together in and, and Lehigh community, and we decided to wrestle, represent Puerto Rico. And um, it, it's been an incredible experience. Like I said, um, I've been there plenty of times growing up, and um, it's cool to go back there and, and be a face to represent, you know, the country essentially. And, um, you know, they when we're competing internationally, now I get to compete at all the tournaments under Puerto Rico as a starter, and I get to wrestle these guys. Instead of for the spot, I get to wrestle them for a medal, whether it's, you know, gold, silver, bronze, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'll, I'm planning to be at the next Olympics and wrestling whoever the USA starter is at the time um, for a medal as opposed, as opposed to wrestling them for the, for the opportunity to even go. So, um, you know, it's been super exciting to be that role model for these kids in, in, in a country that's not as, I guess, developed or ahead as, you know, the United States is. is, is yeah, I mean, wrestling in, in everything pretty much, essentially. Um, it's cool to be a face that these kids kind of can look to, like, man, that kid really looks like me, and, you know, his skin color's the same as mine, and he's doing some incredible things, so it's, like, to be that type of role model in that in that scheme of things is, you know, I'm honored and blessed to, to be able to, to you know, have that opportunity to be that role model, so, I mean, it's been an incredible experience, and we're training really well, and we're, uh, we're about to go on tour, um, basically, so right now I'm ranked fourth in the world, so I'm going to continue to hit these, uh, international tournaments to build more seeding points for the world championships and then and it's olympic games so i got a lot of a lot of big things ahead and 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 it's great that i was able to take this opportunity to kind of you know wrestle these guys at the tournament and as opposed to wrestling for the spot now you're one of only three lehigh university wrestlers Mm -hmm. who have wrestled in worlds or the olympics bobby weaver zach ray and yourself Mm -hmm. That has to be a pretty cool honor as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, my first, just like NCAA's, like uh, or big tournament. You know, the first time you go, it's like kind of like culture shock. You get out there, and it was, and it was. But I was excited. I I got uh, eighth at this this past year's World Championships, and um, you know, I was in the quarterfinals, and I was you know one point away from wrestling Gilman in the semifinals. Um, you know, actually, I was only twenty seconds away. I had the lead with about twenty seconds left, and. Um, but that's just how it goes. That just goes to type goes to show the type of competition there is out there in the world. I'm competing with the best in the world, you know, for 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 your for your dreams essentially. So, um, yeah, being one of only three athletes. I mean, I walk by and obviously Zach Zach Ray's on staff here, so I talk to him a lot about it, and he inspires me a lot in that He's manner. A great guy. And um, again, just going back to as a child, I got to see a lot of guys do what I wanted to do, right? So, um, talk. I pick. I used to pick Zach's brain to be a national champ when. Before I, I won my national championship, and um, I picked his brain about world championships, and then I get to see Bobby Weaver's name. He's the only Olympic medalist, only uh, yeah, only Olympic medalist, world medalist. Like he's the only one to have an international medal at the world championships or Olympic games for Lehigh. So I get to walk past his, you know, his picture every day. Like I like we were talking about earlier, you know, this room has so much history and legacy. Inspires you, hundred percent. Like I said, coming in as a uh, you know, college freshman in college, I got to see these guys that were all Americans, EIWA champs, and national champions. And I, you know, I told myself I wanted to do that. And then, as you get kind of to the pinnacle of the sport, you get to see that there's less and less people that are doing what you're doing, right? So, like I said, Bobby's the only one to do it. 
So it's like I want to be the next person to do that, right? So it's like you get kind of like you were talking about earlier, get into this fraternity of of accomplishments where there's no price. You can't buy your way in. Right. Right? That's one thing I talked about with Mike Caruso about um, after I won a national title, he uh, texted me and, and we, we grabbed coffee and he kind of said the same thing on both occasions. And he was like, you know, congratulations. He actually won his national title 50 years before I won mine. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was like 50 years to the – you know, to the year, so we kind of we kind of share that moment. But he he told me that yes, yeah, it's a fraternity that you can't buy your way in, and you know you can only only earn your way in. So I'm trying to kind of continue that legacy and and be the second Olympic uh, Olympic gold medalist, you know, representing Lehigh University. So I mean, I'm amongst a great company, and I've I've got great role models, and and I've got great motivation in that. So um, yeah, like you said, it's it's an honor to be one of three athletes to compete. And I just want to continue to build that legacy and, and keep bringing home the gold. Do you feel a little bit, Darian, though, like you're behind the eight ball a bit because you didn't start wrestling freestyle yeah. when you were a high schooler or whatever? Because the only time I ever wrestled freestyle was a wrestling camp. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I we had, we had a Greco-Roman, a freestyle, and a folk-style tournament. Yeah. And I won the freestyle tournament, not knowing what I was yeah. doing, Greco-Roman, I came exactly. in second. Some exactly. kid was throwing me around like a piece of paper, but I never wrestled that style before. Yeah. I was primarily a folk style, and I ask a lot of wrestlers mm-hmm. who have done these podcasts with me, like Jordan Cutler and mm-hmm. people like that, you know, what's their favorite style, folk style or freestyle? And I know yours was folk style for most of your career. Exactly. So how tough is it now, though, if you're like three or four years behind some of these other guys who have been wrestling freestyle for a long time? 100%. Um, and that's part of understanding the process, right? I mean, I wrestled a little bit of freestyle in high school with like Fargo and stuff like that. But even in college, I didn't really take it seriously. I uh, I wrestled freestyle, I think, two years in college. Uh, I wrestled two tournaments, essentially, in freestyle. It was the World Team Trials for when I was a freshman, and then I wrestled in the um, World Team Trials after I won NCAA's because I got a bid essentially, and I wasn't really I didn't really train for it, and you know not that I was like pulling teeth, but the coaches were like, "Do you want to do this?" You know, I didn't really have any aspirations to, but um, they said, "Well, you have a bid because you won NCAA's, so might as well just go and wrestle," which I did, and it was great. I had a great experience. Um, being behind the eight ball, yeah, maybe slightly. Like I said, it's like kind of coming in as a freshman again. You know, you got to learn the ropes and learn the match strategy and stuff like that. And, you know, not for nothing, I feel like this year specifically, you know, being ranked fourth in the world after my first year kind of really on the circuit, I feel like I'm... It's sneaking out from behind Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of feel like that, you know, 16, 17, Darian Cruz ready to kind of, you know, win the NCAA title from from the get-go. So this season is going to be really exciting, and I'm... You know, I got a, a big schedule on my plate this year with traveling overseas, whether it's, you know, we're going to France and, and we're going to Croatia and Egypt and, you know, probably Turkey and, and Serbia. And, you know, we're hitting these international tournaments now where I'm not going to just get experience. Where I'm, now I'm going to win and I'm going to get the top, trying to get the top seed at the World Championships and, you know, bring home the gold medal. So, yeah, like I said, it's 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 a big learning curve and, you know, that, and that's a big part of trusting the process. You know, you got all these young guys and, in high school, college, and, and even elementary school, it's like, um, you know, it takes time. It takes time to be great. Um, and not saying that you can't be great all the time or right away, but, you know, like I said, I kind of sneaking back, uh, sneaking out from behind this eight ball, and, um, which is an excuse, um, but like I said, it's just part of the process. So this this year is going to be really big, and, and I, you know, I, I take the lessons that I've learned these past couple years, um, 
as a blessing because, like I said, it's it's really hard to compete, you know, at this age of 27. But it's just hard to compete, and this is probably like my, you know, 22nd year, you know what I'm saying, 20, 23rd year. So it's like, um, and there's always room for improvement. So being able to continue to have motivation and discipline and focus and drive is, is something that I'm so, you know, I'm blessed to kind of still have those aspirations and feelings. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, um, this year's going to be really big. And like I said, I feel like I'm, I'm just finally understanding right. – the style and and the rules and and you know the wrestlers and um yeah so this year's gonna be a really big year and i'm excited to kind of put that on display and kind of just show that i'm here i'm really here to do this and i'm here to you know kind of bring continue my legacy here um representing you know the lvwc and, and lehigh wrestling and as you're talking i'm thinking you know darian might have an advantage because with your work ethic mm-hmm. and you know your desire mm-hmm. and your dedication and your mentality you're just learning freestyle you know where other guys have been wrestling freestyle for 12 13 Mm -hmm. 14 15 Mm -hmm. years you're just learning this this is like four or five years out Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. and you're going to just keep getting better and better and better look what you did in Mm -hmm. high school look Mm -hmm. what you did in college and i know you'll end up perfecting this to an extent Mm -hmm. on the freestyle circuit so for you i look at this as maybe an advantage that this is this is your time to climb yeah and like like i was kind of saying earlier um peaking is really important um and not just peaking for a year, but peaking in your career, essentially. So I'm, like, really kind of hitting that stride. I'm hitting the prime of my life and understanding that and knowing that. And like I said, it's it's easy to get discouraged and give up and quit when it gets hard. And, you know, that's why, you know, we have I have an incredible support system, you know, with Lehigh University, my family, um, Lehigh Valley in general, um, my coaches, and um, the support of Puerto Rico as well. So it's like, like I said, I, it's 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 not something that is, is dull for me, you know, at the moment. And which is great because, like you said, like I said, uh, like we both said, actually, um, this is only like I'm, I'm like my you know fourth or fifth year, kind of really putting all my focus into this. So it's like I'm, I'm just tasting it for the first yeah. time, you know. So I'm like I'm craving that, that uh, that competition, that hunger, that desire to to be the best. And it's like, you know, it's just a second, a second win for me essentially because I'm, and now I now that I have like the wisdom and 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 knowledge and, and with age, I get to dial in on what I need to and focus on what I need to. And that's why I'm really excited to kind of see where I'm at against the world, essentially. And, and like I said, I'm, 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 I'm ready to, you know, be the next world gold medalist, Olympic champ. So, yeah, like you said, just experience and, and just waiting, not waiting for your moment. Ob- yeah, obviously, you, got, you know, take, uh, take your opportunities and then seize your moments. But just learning and, and hitting that learning curve. And like, you said, like I said, not being discouraged. And just being willing to learn and move forward and grow and everything's everything's for the Olympic Olympic championships, right? So, you know, whether I end up not achieving my goals this year, it, it's okay because the Olympic Games are, you know, what we're focused on. So, like like I was talking about in high school, we were trying to be the best in, in the country. So every, everything kind of underneath that was just another another something else. So like I said, I'm trying to be the best in the world, best in the, win that Olympic gold. So you know, everything else is just kind of complimentary. Okay, you've had huge moments throughout your wrestling career. Valley Elementary Wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. High school, college, on the, the new world freestyle circuit. Mm-hmm. Nothing compares, though, to when you see that little baby girl when yeah. she was born. Oh, yeah. Darian just recently got married. He has yeah. a little girl. He and his wife have this beautiful little girl. And I know your mom, I see her posting pictures on Facebook all the time. Your mom is like that grandmother who's really into it it's so it's so cool but 
what kind of a, you know, you talk about you were at the pinnacle mm-hmm. and on the top of the podium mm-hmm. in so many different aspects mm-hmm. of wrestling. That doesn't even come close to, no. to seeing that yeah. little girl, right? Yeah, and it's all perspective, which is which something I've learned with age and with time and with the people that I've been around for so long. And, you know, and Coach Santoro and Brad and Hughes and Zach and McCoy and, you know, the alumni here that I've talked to plenty of times. They've all, everyone has met her. Um, and, yeah, no, that, it just puts everything in perspective that, um, you know, it helps, it helps me with training. Helps You're me, a dad. Yeah, it helps, me, dad, helps yeah. me stay focused. Because um, now it, you know it's it's just you're just building your your tribe your team so essentially it's like on days that I don't feel like doing it I just kind of think about you know what kind of example do I want to set for my daughter you know if I want to tell her you know get up and go to school or get up and you know uh, you know whether it's whether, whether she wants to play sports or instrument or music or art whatever whatever she feels like doing just kind of when I want to try and motivate her um, I can show her I can show her by example right I can, I can show her what I've done and what I what I continue to do and what I will be doing um so yeah that, that's another drive just because I know I don't want to let her down in that manner not not result driven but just the idea of like if I Being yeah, yeah right so if, I, if I'm you know if I if I'm telling her to do this and I you know I'm not even willing to do it myself then you know that's that's not where it's at right so I want to be that prime role model prime example um that she can always rely on right reliability is something and and reliability and influence are so incredible. They're so powerful. So it's like um, having that mindset and that perspective. And at the end of the day, like I could lose every match from here on out. My daughter, my family, and you know everyone around me are still gonna love me the same, right? So that kind of takes a huge weight off my shoulders. I know growing up it was a little bit different. I kind of felt like I had all this pressure on me, but now it's like, man, now I get to enjoy the sport that I've been doing for so long, and I get to, you know, really get to see. You know how can I put the best version of Darren Cruz out on the line, and, and I really get to see what the best version of Darren Cruz looks like against the world. So yeah, having a daughter is just another perspective that just kind of humbles you tremendously in that area. Because like I said, it's at the end of the day, that little girl is gonna think the world of you regardless of what you do, you know, physically. Yeah, you can have the the worst day in the wrestling room, you know, mm-hmm. Kerry McCoy in the Lehigh Valley Wrestling Club beating you, you know, come on, oh, yeah. and then you're worn out, and you go home, and you see that little girl smile and put her arms out, so and it, everything goes away. Perspective is incredible, right? So I mean, that just, I mean, and, and like you said, like it just humbles me so much, and I think you understand the drive that we have as wrestlers and the mentality that we have as wrestlers is like, uh, you know, you're always like you're always gritty, you're always grinding, and you know, you're you're willing to do the hard work all the time. And then, like you said, when days aren't going my best, those are the days that, you know, it means even more to me because, like I said, I'll come home all beat up, banged up, run down, and she has no, you know, she has no idea what I've been through um, throughout the day. And she just, you know, I come home and she's just smiling. And sometimes she's here at practice, which is even better. And she's, yeah, she's just laughing excited the whole time. So it's like, it's so motivating um, just to kind of have a visual and a physical um, reminder of that perspective that, you know, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. And, you know, I mean, the people that care the most about you are going to love you regardless. So like like you said, you need to hit the nail around the head there. Like no matter what, I come home and she's smiling and happy and just kind of, like you said, puts me in, re- re- uh, puts me in perspective and just make, just kind of reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that even with the, you know, with the best days and with all the championships, there's going to be a lot of hard days, heartbreaks and, and tough ones. So. I just got this vision in my mind as you were talking, right? Mm-hmm. She's in the wrestling room. She's watching you now, mm-hmm. okay? Seven years down the road. Yeah. Hey, Dad, 
I think I want to wrestle. Yeah. I'm telling you, you know, <laughs> talk yeah, about yeah, nerves yeah. and stuff. Oh my God. When you watch her wrestle, you're going to be more nervous than you've ever been in your entire life, sure. even at NCAA's Worlds, you know, yeah, Olympics yeah, and everything. Yeah. It's going to be a whole talk about perspective. Yeah. That's a whole different perspective. 100%. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I sound like a proud dad, probably, you know, Should be, yeah. with all this stuff coming out. But, uh, like, she's a little wrecking ball, so it's hilarious. <laughs> like, I, I don't get super nervous because, like, she is so good at tumbling, falling, rolling, and she's super tiny like me, so she's got, like, a low center of gravity. She's a beast, so it's like I, I assume I won't be, but I know for a fact I'm going to get anxious, nervous, excited. All the emotions are going to yeah. kind of pour into me. Um, but that's that's the thing. Like when I'm when I'm when it's all said and done, I'm ready and I'm willing to, you know, pack that up and let it be what it is, and then continue, and then just move forward and be her biggest fan, her supporter, her coach, whatever she needs in that moment. I'm willing to be. So it's like. Um, it's really exciting. Yeah, if she wants to wrestle, she can. She can do whatever she wants, and I'm going to be there supporting and supplying, you know, wisdom, whatever she needs from me. If she wants me to hold her hair, if she wants me to hold her hand, she wants me to, you know, back off, I'm more than willing to be whatever she needs me to be for her. Um, yeah, and that's just motivation and everything. Yeah, kind of like your dad and mom were there for you, you know? 100%. All right, so we go 10 years down the line. You're 37 years old, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know what? I'm getting worn out. I don't know if I want to do this wrestling full time anymore. What What would you like to do? Yeah, um, coaching is 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 a big thing I've been looking at lately, and I think naturally, I've been because um, you're great with kids. I mean, yeah, kids oh, yeah. love you. I I've seen you when we were at the Valley Elementary Wrestling Tournament. You held a clinic. Kids come up, and you're so good with them, and you take the time, and that means a lot. And those little moments. Oh, yeah are indelible. They'll be with those yeah. young guys and girls for the rest of their lives. You know, they look up to you as that role model. Yeah, we were we were kind of talking about that a little bit off camera there. We were talking about the influence and impact you have on on people. I just I just had gotten a text from somebody that um I I may have met in person once or twice, but we've kind of built a relationship through text and I've given him some tickets to some events and stuff like that and um he just said he's he's out in Iowa and he said that, you know, he's coaching at division 2, division 3. And one of their freshmen, I want to say he's from St. Louis, but regardless, um, he texted me and said, hey, this kid remembers you from the conversation you had and the pictures you took with him before you ran out. In the tunnel, I guess he was one of those one of those kids that kind of hold, because when you're in the NCAAs and you're in the tunnel in the finals, they kind of, they, those kids, they're holding your, your clothes, your, you know, your warm-ups, and they'll give it to you after your tournament just so they're not lost or stuff like that. So those kids holding, holding bins. For, for you to put your stuff in. And I, I remember talking to him, taking some pictures with him, and, and like you were talking about influence and impact. And he sent me a text saying that kid's on my team now, and he remembers that, and he just the impact that you've had on him. And like I said, we were talking about earlier too, the impact of, you know, ne- um, of like, um, you know, negative, the ne- negative impact that, you know, some athletes have. And I remember growing up, and there were some role models that I had that were awesome, right? I always loved those guys. And then there's some role models that I had that were just, not it. They were just jerks and, you know, uh, they had the too cool for school or that type of guy. And I remember those guys as well. And it kind of broke my heart, you know, being a young kid. So I, you know, made a promise to myself that I would always be that guy, you know, to, I'll be the last one in the gym signing, taking pictures, talking, having conversations. And so going, you know, fast forwarding, going to what I want to do next, possibly coaching. I think that's a, a great idea for me. I'm really, um, like you said, it just comes naturally since a young age and, um, I used to run camps here for Lehigh, and I did clinics all around the country, and I've done some motivational speaking. And you know, so I think I understand how to motivate and influence 
you know the younger generation positively and i you know, i would love to do that so if it's not wrestling um i would love to kind of tap into um the lehigh alum um network here whether it's business finance um you know marketing whatever it may be sales uh, i might want to try my hand in that as well um and just see what i can do in you know competitive because you know that that the business world gets really competitive as well so i might want to you know tap into my sources there and and see um you know what i'm capable of off the mat you know i'm i'm, I'm i've been wrestling my entire life and um i i just i also have this hunger to you know try my hand in something else and see if i can you know be as dominant and grow and and you know progress in in something else so um if it's not you know rest, coaching wrestling you know at division one level um you know, I would say it's getting to the business world and and um, seeing if I can you know make a change and and develop some new ideas just to help the world be a better place and you know help companies just grow. Shifting gears a little bit, I know your mom's probably a really really good cook. Yeah. Right. Are you? Oh, yeah. Can you cook? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I used to hate. I used to dread cooking, but um. So when <laughs> I yeah. So when after college, I think I rarely cooked in college. After college, um, so I'm I'm you know four years in now, maybe five years in, just learning how to cook. So I've messed up dishes, I'm probably more than perfected them. But I'm I enjoy cooking now, and and I've you know being at the level that I'm at, I really focus on my diet now a lot more. So um, yeah, I've just enjoyed. It's just part of the process of being a champion. So I mean. And now I take on the responsibilities of feeding the family. So, I mean, no, I, I really grew in that manner. And I used to be terrible. I'm not saying I'm great now, but um, I failed a lot in cooking. But I'm I'm a big uh, grill master. I, you know, I, I, I can grill chicken, steak, salmon, you know, whatever, whatever it be, shrimp. And Remember know. now, failure leads to success, exactly. even in the kitchen. So, so it's hilarious because, like, there's been times where I just apologize for my wife. I'm like, hey, <laughs> this chicken... I, I, I didn't want to under you know, obviously don't want to undercook any food right. so I mean I would obviously fall on the on the you know the positive end but I'm like hey this chicken is not great we've we've had to throw dishes away and just order you know pizza from you know right here Lehigh Pizza Canvas Pizza whatever it may be but <laughs> no, I'm I'm definitely I could I could say I'm 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 one of the chefs now that I you know I I think I can feed anyway that that uh, that comes over. Now, your wife, you talk about your wife, and she seems like such a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. How did you guys meet? Yeah, so um, we were talking about earlier, I went went to Caddy, and we knew each other from there. That's actually where we met, um, essentially. So middle school, right, little kids, we knew each other. And then I went to Becca, and she obviously stayed with Caddy. And then she went to um, Bloomsburg and played soccer, and um, I went to Lehigh. And luckily, being fortunate for me at least, um, being local, um, you know, I, we, the kids after freshman year at Lehigh, they get, you get your own house and you stay in your own, stay in the, the property off campus. So when kids would come home for break or, you know, when season was over and it was summertime and kids would come home for summer, um, we had our own house, all the, all the, you know, upperclassmen had their own houses and we would stick around and train pretty much through the year. So, I mean, she would come up at least and because she was local. So when it was either, you know, Christmas break, Thanksgiving break, any type of break, she would come up to Lehigh campus, and you know we'd see each other out a whole bunch, and we kind of reconnected. Hey, I you know I remember you from this and that, and you know we got to talking more, and then we actually didn't start officially dating till um, my senior year in college, and uh, the back half of that. So like my last semester is when we got together, started dating, and then um, you know put some time in there, and then we decided to move in together. Um, 
and then COVID hit, and then you know we we're, we're kind of stuck together, which uh, was a blessing in in disguise. And then um, right, if you can make it through there, twenty four seven with somebody, I you know, can make it through anything. I know. But so then, yeah. So like I said, the history is is hilarious because we've known each other for so long, and we just started dating. Like I said, we knew each other even through college, but senior year is when I kind of started getting serious, and I wanted to, you know, tr- date her on a serious note, and. You know the rest is history, and and she's so, somebody that I treated so special from you know from day one, and and like I said, not that I never treated any other girl special, but I just remember what what we were um, beforehand, right, all all the way through college, and then as soon as I made the decision, you know what, I'm gonna date this girl and treat her, you know, properly with respect, and I'm gonna you know treat her like a woman and 100%. yeah and as soon as that happened like I said it was easy it was really really easy from that point on and you know like I said the rest is history we got married and we have a beautiful daughter together and yeah so it's it's easy to it's easy when you have a an awesome partner like that good okay coming down to the last three minutes of the podcast now rapid fire questions mm-hmm. favorite ice cream uh vanilla favorite movie um I would go with Endgame uh the Marvel Oh, a Marvel guy. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, my wife and I are watching a whole Marvel series uh, now. Okay, favorite meal. Favorite meal. Um, I like to stir fry some like a lo mein in a wok, and it's one that I I perfected. It's like lo mein wok, vegetables, teriyaki sauce, chicken, and steak. I've messed up that one plenty of times, but I, that's my favorite dish now. Favorite family member. <laughs> oh man, I would, it had to be Randy. That's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah, he's so good. And he taught you that move yeah, that you used to, you know, eventually win your NCAA championship. All right, favorite car? Um, Mustang. I had a Mustang as soon as I graduated college, actually. Um, I, um, first car I bought, I didn't even really want to buy it. Um, I just knew, I knew Matt Millen. Matt Millen's a really yeah. decorated guy. Yeah. Um, a couple Super Bowl rings he has, and I knew him through Santoro, and he had a lot. Um, up in Lehighton, and he gave it to me for a steal. Like I said, I'm not the flashy guy at all, right? But when it came to that, he gave it to me for a super low price. I was talking to my family, and it said, you know, next you never know the next time you're going to have a sports car, have the opportunity. So I, I bought a Mustang, and, you know, a couple years after that, I had to uh, ditch it because you can't have a car seat in a Mustang. <laughs> see? See? Yeah. Like, you know, fatherhood, man, it comes with a price. Okay, favorite possession? Favorite possession? Um, I would say my favorite possession would be um right now it's my wedding my, my wedding ring um yeah so I, I really like um the idea of you know honoring you know marriage and, and being able to represent my wife um before that i would probably say um my my uh my necklace a necklace that my grandmother gave me see now i thought you'd say your ncaa gold medal yeah. but good for you <laughs> see you're a quality kid man you really are you're just such a good guy good values and um obviously you know you have a strong belief in god and a strong faith and mm-hmm. All right, real quick, one more question. Are you going to try for another little one? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and now again, this thing where we're at the point where training, obviously, is right up there with priorities, not the main priority. Obviously, family, you know, God's first, and then, you know, wife, and then family. So um, we're planning it right now where, you know, these type of things you can't really plan. But we're talking, me and Kayla are having that conversation where Olympics are coming up, right? So I'm like, do you want to be pregnant at the Olympics, do you want to have two kids at the Olympics, or would you rather wait? So no, one's definitely. Um, we're having that conversation, and no, we're we're ready to go, and and we're kind of at the point where we wish you kind of started a little bit sooner, but yeah, no, second one is is in the works. Okay, and Darian Cruz, we're running out of time. He- 
And I'd like to thank Darian Cruz for giving me so much of his time. He's very, very busy, and I know all of you are busy as well, but thank you for tuning in and listening to my podcast, Takedown Talk. I'd like to thank Kevin Hardy and, again, all of you, and have a very Merry Christmas and a happy and enjoyable New Year. And remember, never let anyone take you down.